SEP Fanfic Readings presents A Thousand Words by Olive Juice 28 Chapter 54 Looking Ahead With only two and a half weeks left before NEWTs, the eighth years were extremely thankful that all of their professors were now using class time for review and study sessions, with the exception of Professor Bins. He didn't seem willing to acknowledge that the information he was so insistent on imparting was not even going to be on the exams, since it was not something typically covered before seventh-year students finished. After arguing with the translucent instructor for multiple lessons, the almost graduates decided to simply spend the hours in his room going over their notes for the material that would actually be part of the test, while he continued to drone on in his reedy voice, oblivious to their lack of attention. One evening, Hermione and Draco were sharing a couch in front of the fireplace, their textbooks and notes spread out between them as they quizzed each other on information from their potions lessons. Draco had just finished listing the ingredients for the wolfsbane potion, when Theo came over and flopped into a nearby chair, letting out a long, heavy-sounding sigh in the process. "'What's that about?' Draco asked, taking in his friend's sullen expression. "'I don't know,' Theo groaned, scrubbing his hands over his face and slumping even lower into the chair." "'Is it exams?' Hermione prodded. "'Or Luna?' Draco's eyes widened in surprise at the line of questioning, curious as to how his witch would have come to that conclusion. Yet she seemed to have gotten in a spot on judging from the way Theo was eyeing her warily. "'Why would you think it would be Luna?' the lanky brunette asked. "'Well, I know we're all a little stressed about exams, but you were just saying at dinner that you're not fussed about it any more,' Hermione shrugged. After dinner, you left to walk her to the Owlery so she could send a letter to her father. She came back a while ago by herself, and you just returned now, so... She let her thought trail off with a small wave of her hand. How was she when she came back? Theo sat up and pinned her with an intent stare. Did she seem angry? Or upset? Did she say anything? Hermione shook her head. No, not at all. You know, Luna, she rarely gets rattled by anything. She told us the moon was almost full and that it was the perfect kind of night for the billywigs to synchronize, and then she went in her room. "'Why would you think she'd be upset?' Draco asked his longtime friend. "'Ugh, because I'm a complete tosser,' Theo slouched back into his chair again and scowled. He stayed like that for several seconds, leaving the couple on the couch to wonder if they should ask for further explanation, or just let him be, before he grudgingly went on. "'She's invited me to go with her and her father this summer,' to travel with them while they study the migration patterns of floopers. He pinched the bridge of his nose and closed his eyes. Again, silence reigned for a bit, and Hermione couldn't help sneaking a look at Draco, who met her eye and winked. She bit her lip to keep from giggling, since clearly this was no laughing matter to the troubled former Slytherin. After a full minute passed, Draco calmly prompted the other wizard. And? Another long-suffering sigh was emitted before Theo opened his eyes. A pained expression etched across his features. He opened his mouth as if to speak, closed it, huffed a quick breath, and sat up suddenly, leaning forward and bracing his arms on his knees, and he looked imploringly between his housemates. I told her I'd think about it. His audience waited, clearly expecting something else, something more, but Theo obviously thought his admission was self-explanatory. His wide, dark eyes flicked fearfully back and forth between the two of them as if awaiting a verdict. Um, Theo? Hermione began cautiously. I'm not sure what you think she'd be upset about. Because I didn't immediately say yes. I didn't jump up and down or cheer or snog or senseless or anything. 
I just stood there like a total wanker and said I'd think about it. Like I have anywhere else I need to be. Anywhere else I'd want to be. He groaned again and covered his face with his hands, giving his friends another chance to share a look of utter bemusement over his current state. Draco attempted to clarify. So you do want to go with her? Yes, came the muffled reply from behind his palms. And the jumping and cheering and snogging? Yes, he repeated, this time more vehemently. And you think she might feel bad that you didn't do those things? Hermione suggested gently. Ugh, yes! Theo dropped his hands and looked pitifully at them. She was so excited about it, and I was just... I didn't... But I... I want to! And... Draco interrupted him. Why didn't you do those things? I don't know, Theo growled. Because I'm an idiot. Because I'm emotionally repressed. Because I have a hard time believing someone as sweet as her wants anything to do with someone as damaged as me. His cheeks were flushed and the scowl was back, but Hermione could tell that he was being truthful. So go tell her that, she suggested. What? Theo looked stunned. Luna is one of the most intuitive people I have ever met, Hermione insisted. She probably already knows you think all of those things. Might not have even been the least bit surprised by your response. She's not going to be angry with you just because you're a little slow to admit things. She smirked at him, but the twinkle in her eye let him know that she was just teasing. Theo considered this for a moment before glancing at Draco and arching a brow in question. Draco nodded. I'd go talk to her if I were you. Yes, well, you're just the pinnacle of emotional maturity and forthright communication these days, aren't you? Theo snarked. Yes, and look where that's got me, Draco smirked gestured theatrically at the curly-haired witch on the other end of the couch, who couldn't help but giggle. He continued, A very wise wizard once helped me see that I was the only thing holding myself back from finding happiness. He pinned his friend with a meaningful stare that was received with a nod and a deep, fortifying breath. All right, Theo announced, slapping his hands on his knees and pushing to his feet. Here goes. Before the other two could utter another word, he stalked across the room and rapped briskly on Luna's door. Her airy voice could be heard bidding him to enter, and as soon as he did, he proclaimed very loudly that, yes, he most definitely wanted to follow the foopers with her. Her delighted squeal floated through the open door, and in the blink of an eye she was in his arms, her long, golden curls trailing behind her as he spun her around in a circle in the doorway, answering her joy with a whoop of his own. When he set her down once more, Theo took her face in his hands and kissed her deeply, leaving her mildly dazed when he finally pulled back, a Cheshire cat grin on his face. He glanced up to see Draco and Hermione watching the whole scene over the back of the couch, both with eyebrows cocked in question. "'What?' he demanded. "'Well, there was definitely snogging, and I suppose we could consider that racket to be a bit of cheering, but I didn't see any jumping.' Draco looked at Hermione. "'Did you see any jumping?' No, she shook her head decisively. Spinning, but no jumping. They looked expectantly at Theo once more. He rolled his eyes and looked down at Luna, who was beaming at him, punched his fist into the air and jumped around in a little circle before scooping her up in another embrace. Happy now? He tossed out to the other couple. Of course, Theo. If you're happy, we're happy, Draco replied smugly, only to have the tall brunette stick his tongue out at him, causing all four of them to burst out laughing. Thursday evening found Draco sitting across from Bill Weasley, as they discussed the various topics the defense professor would be covering in his lessons the following year. While most of the course content remained the same, there was room for additional subject matter to be included based on the interest of the students, 
or current events that lent themselves to further investigation. The pair was just considering the merits of inviting a guest speaker from the Department of Mysteries when the fireplace across the room roared to life, depositing a familiar black-haired wizard into their midst. "'Harry,' Bill greeted with a grin. "'Hey, Bill. Malfoy.' Harry nodded to each of them in turn as he sank into the second chair in front of the desk. "'I suppose that's my cue to leave you blokes to your business,' Bill teased, not the least bit put out by the fact that he was banished weekly from his office. He'd offered them the space, after all, and he was rather pleased with the friendship the two young men had struck up between them, proud of them for both moving past their tumultuous history. He packed a few things into his bag and made his way towards the door. "'Draco, I'll see you in class tomorrow. Harry, always a pleasure.' He grinned again and let the door close softly behind him. Before Draco could even utter a single syllable, Harry was leaning forward intensely, his green eyes bright with excitement and a nervous energy rolling off him. "'I have news, Malfoy. Huge news.' "'Okay.' Draco could tell whatever it was Harry was bursting to tell him, but he also knew the Chosen One often needed a moment to sort through his chaotic thoughts before he could spit anything out. As a result, he simply settled back in his chair and gave his friend time to figure out where to begin. Finally, Harry seemed to have organized it all in his mind, and he took a deep breath before the words came tumbling out. "'Okay, first things first. The portrait of Ted was delivered to Andromeda on Tuesday, while I was visiting with your mother,' Draco nodded, having forgotten that would take place, but very glad to hear it had finally happened. Harry continued, "'She was absolutely thrilled with it, said it was perfect and she can't wait to introduce you to him the next time you're there.' He paused and gave a wry smile. She also told me to say how proud she is of you, how much she appreciates all that you've done, and to give you a big hug. I'll refrain from that last bit, but here. He held his fist out in front of Draco, who simply stared at it and then back at Harry in confusion. Fist bump, Malfoy, he said with exasperation. Draco made a fist and held it at level with Harry's. The famous git rolled his eyes and bumped his fist into Draco's, snorting and muttering about uppity purebloods, which the tall blonde simply scoffed at. I do know what a fist bump is. Excuse me for not understanding the need for such a plebeian display, Potter. He drawled with mock derision. Yeah, well, would you rather I hug you? No, that's quite right. Both wizards snickered at that, and Harry shifted in his seat, taking on a more serious tone once more. I told you about my visit with the Grangers, he began, and Draco nodded in response. The week after that, Alcott spent slowly bringing their memories back, using mostly a modified version of the restorative spell, along with legitimacy. He did give them each a very small dose of veritaserum, right before the first attempt, but none since. He paused here, and Draco nodded again. He wrote this afternoon, saying that so far, everything they have been able to remember has remained intact. He's about halfway through the process, with their memories currently spanning Jeanette's pregnancy, all the way up until right before Hermione came to Hogwarts. Draco was stunned. This was amazing news, far better than he'd ever anticipated at this point. At the rate things were moving along, the Grangers could potentially have their memories completely restored by the time NEWTs were over. That's incredible, Potter. He finally managed to croak out. We need to figure out how to tell her. When to tell her. He trailed off. News of this magnitude needed to be delivered carefully, especially since there were always the possibility she would be extremely upset with them for keeping it a secret. He met Harry's gaze with worried, creasing brow, and was surprised to see a massive grin stretched across the former Gryffindor's face. What? Alcott's going to bring them to the ceremony at the end of the year. The graduation, or whatever McGonagall is calling it. Draco's eyes bugged. Are you serious? Yep, 
He's confident these next three weeks will be more than enough time to finish the process, make sure everything is stable and permanent, and get them here safely. Harry could no longer contain his excitement and jumped up to start pacing the office. He wants to get them settled in Hogsmeade a day or two before. He wants you to meet them during that time. He stopped and looked at his counterpart, who still seemed rather overwhelmed by everything. Me? But why? Draco's mouth felt like cotton and all the blood rushed from his face. They've seen all the memories you sent, including the one you made yourself. Harry gave him a meaningful look and saw the pale blonde swallow with difficulty. According to Alcott, they are desperate to meet the... Here he used his fingers to mark quotation marks in the air, a smirk on his face. Incredible young man who has made all this possible. Draco's cheeks flushed and Harry snorted. You should be glad for that. Since the first time I mentioned Hermione had a boyfriend, Edward looked about ready to strangle me. Oh, goody, Draco deadpanned. No worries, mate. Harry flopped back down to his chair he'd vacated. They're terrific, the Grangers. This has all been rather a lot for them, as you can imagine, but Alcott said the more they remember, the more at ease they seem to be with it all. He paused for a moment, a faraway look on his face. Can you imagine if we really pull this off? If they're able to be here for the commencement exercises? Draco shook his head. It seems almost too good to be true. I know what you mean, but I really think it'll happen. Alcott has worked miracles with them, and they've handled it a million times better than I was anticipating. I think for once, maybe, something will actually go as planned, he chuckled wryly. Draco snorted and nodded in agreement. Let's hope so. I don't think I'll have to go back to Redland at all between now and then, except maybe to help Alcott bring them here, and I'll let you know. In the meantime, I'm going to reserve two rooms in the village for that long weekend, so we'll be prepared for their arrival. Draco nodded in agreement and allowed a smile to creep across his face, finally relaxing a little and giving in to the hope of everything working out the way he wanted it to, the way he needed it to, for Hermione's sake.